This is 3 and 5 on SLC Management Podcast. Hi, everybody. Thanks for dialing in to this episode of 3 and 5. And this is Steve Peacher at SLC Management. And I'm really excited today to be with Jason Bro. Jason is a managing director at Crescent Capital. He's also the chief executive officer of their BDC, the Crescent Capital BDC that goes by the ticker CCAP, C-C-A-P. Jason, thanks for taking a few minutes. Thanks, Steve. Great to be here. So first, I just wanted to, not everybody who listens to this may know what a BDC is, a business development corp. Can you just explain to everybody, what is a BDC? And you know, if you think of it as an asset class, how's, that, how's it grown over time? Yeah, sure. BDC stands for business development company. BDC is a type of closed-end fund that makes loans to medium-sized companies. Those loans generate income, and that income is passed on to investors in the form of a 1099 dividend. BDCs are essentially yield vehicles for investors, given their structures require them to distribute over 90% of their profits to shareholders, just like REITs. The majority of BDCs are publicly traded, including Crescent's BDC, which, as you said, trades on the NASDAQ under the ticker symbol CCAP or CCAP. Uh, They were created by Congress in 1980 to fuel job growth and assist U.S. businesses in raising capital to grow their own businesses. And when you think about the U.S. middle market, that's made up of approximately 200,000 companies, which employ over 50 million workers. So the U.S. middle market, if it were its own country, would actually be the third largest economy in the world. BDCs have played a big role in the growth of this market, offering financial solutions to tens of thousands of these companies over the years. So if you think about BDCs, you know, you see both retail investors, as you say, many are publicly traded, not all. There are also institutional investors in these, especially with private BDCs. So when you think of BDCs from an investor standpoint, you know, why would someone invest in a BDC? What are the pros and cons of uh, putting money either as an institution or as an individual? Yeah, there's definitely positives and cons as well, Steve. In an environment where rates are low, many investors are looking for income replacements in their portfolios. And BDCs are a great addition and great diversifiers given underlying BDC portfolios tend to have 50 to 150 plus unique portfolio company investments. BDCs offer the potential for very compelling yields, upwards of 700 basis point premiums to treasuries today, and the ability for both retail and institutional investors to access private credit in a liquid structure uh, or in an illiquid structure. Many BDC loans are floating rate as well, so yields will go up as rates rise. Currently, nearly 100% of CCAP's loans are floating rate. For retail investors, BDC stocks provide access to large alternative asset management platform source deals that were historically reserved for pension plans, sovereign wealth funds, high net worth investors, and other institutional channels. BDCs are invested in the same loans that these large platforms private funds are invested in, which has helped democratize access to private credit. If you're invested in a good lender, the stock should maintain its value over time, and you should have an attractive annual dividend yield of 8 to 10% generally. CCAP has a 9% dividend yield based on last Friday's closing stock price, and that's excluding a series of special dividends we announced on the heels of a strong performance in 2021. So the income potential is meaningful. Last, I'd say BDCs are regulated and transparent. They publicly file regular reports on their performance and must meet a number of statutory portfolio diversification and other requirements. Equity research analysts cover a broad swath of public BDCs like CCAP, so investment performance and alignment with stockholders like attractive fee structures and insider ownership are of paramount importance and increasingly scrutinized, which is a good thing for the industry as it continues its maturation. On the con side, as with any public stock, there are a handful of risks to consider before investing in a BDC. First, given BDCs are primarily in the business of making loans, Poor credit selection can lead to negative outcomes, including portfolio companies being put on non-accrual and potentially turning into realized losses, which we obviously try to avoid at all costs. And along those same lines, a BDC's past history of credit selection and overall performance is no guarantee of future results. Second, and somewhat related to the non-accrual point, is mark-to-market volatility. 
During periods of dislocation, BDC managers can experience significant unrealized write-downs across their respective portfolios, which can result in a reduction of net asset value per share, which is generally the guidepost for BDC stock prices. You know, you mentioned that one of the risks is that uh, the underlying companies could underperform, could go on what you called non-accrual status. I guess we're still in the middle of this multi-year pandemic, which created a lot of stress on some smaller companies. And so when you think of the BDC universe that has targeted these mid-sized and smaller companies across the U.S., how has the credit quality fared through the pandemic? Steve, that's a great question. You know, BDCs overall have demonstrated impressive resiliency following the onset of, of the pandemic. Most portfolio marks are now largely back to or above pre-COVID levels. Now, there is that period of pronounced potential stock price volatility uh, during that period of time, but I think it's a testament to the strength of the, of the U.S. economy and the U.S. middle market in that these businesses have, have come back strong. Well, that's, that's great. It's an interesting sector. And as you mentioned in, in the answer to one of the questions, there's a lot of, it's amazing how much yield is still in this sector for many BDCs relative, given, given the relatively low level of yields we see in the marketplace when you look at certainly treasury bonds or almost any, any other sector. So final question, having nothing to do with BDCs, but on the personal level, you got your undergraduate degree at Georgetown, you got a graduate degree at Darden at the University of Virginia. So my question is, and as you know, I'm a bit biased on this, but what did you enjoy more, going to school in DC or in Charlottesville? I enjoyed both quite a bit, Steve. Uh, what was nice about Georgetown was being in the capital of the country, uh, and really being a part of a, a very vibrant city. Between undergrad and business school, I actually spent two years in, working in New York as a financial analyst in an investment bank, and I was working 80 to 100 hour weeks. So uh, what was great about going back to Charlottesville was slowing things down a bit and, and uh, trying to enjoy life a bit more. Yeah, well, that's, uh, you definitely need to escape after those two-year analyst programs, that's for sure. So well, listen, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. That was a quick and interesting summary of BDCs. I hope everybody enjoyed it. So thank you, everybody for tuning into this episode of 3 and 5. Thanks very much.